Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Legends podcast. Your source for the thoughts and views of the top players and content creators. Here is your host, Jim Class Hero. Greetings, folks. Welcome to the Elder Legends podcast, episode 21. Actually, uh, today I have two members from the ESL casting team. Uh, that would be Ken Wine and PND Mustard. So, how are you guys doing today? Uh, good evening. I'm doing well. Uh, can win, though, because otherwise I'll start. Uh, <laughs> we talked about uh, this extensively, man. Not like this. Not I'll, like I'll this. Say we got pretty far, but we didn't. We got about two. Yeah. Also, how are you guys? I would say points for trying, but I'm not really sure. Not really sure. Oh. That's, that those those have been earned, you know. We were, oh, you know, you know. <laughs> Jeez, so close. I just, all right. Well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna cast here. It's, we can't yeah. go any further. I did my best. That's enough for news, guys. We'll see you later. Yeah. Catch you next uh, peace, good night. All right. So I guess I'll uh, start off with I guess your hmm, background with casting would be a question. I understand you guys cast other games. I know, Ken Wynn, you mentioned you do more back-end stuff. Yeah, uh, I'll let Jake go first, because he can answer the question, and then I'll tell you, actually, I don't do that very much. But, uh, yeah, no. after you, Jake. So, uh, I am part of the full-time commentary team at ESL UK, like, specifically. So ESL as a company have, um, I suppose, offices all over the world, like, you know, Burbank, uh, Cologne, Poland... Um, all, all sorts of different places and the UK is one of them so I'm part of a, a small full time commentary team and between us we cover a lot of different genres um, my brother and I, uh, you know, Ketchup and I are big time fighting game commentators that's what our main experience is in and that's where we started so we do a lot of Injustice, Mortal Kombat and uh, Tekken are like the main ones that we do but we also do a lot of stuff with Quake Champions and have done a few other various games here and there and obviously now uh, a new one for us is Elder Scrolls Legends. Now, we don't actually have a background in card games, especially competitively, um, but as being full-time commentators for the company, when um, you know, when broadcasts come through and it's with games and you know, effectively commentary is needed and the product managers and those working on them might not immediately have access to commentators, um, obviously they'll, they'll then reach out to us and ask if we can basically help them out and, and provide commentary for that show, which is how... Um, I, you know, my, my brother and I came to be involved with the game for the first uh, Go For Final. Okay. And that's really cool that you and your brother end up casting together. It's, I noticed there was a catch-up as well when I was looking up. So like, it's, have uh, you... it's really cool, man. It, it, it really <laughs> is something that we enjoy. And it's it's very uncommon, I think, that we were both okay. able to kind of, you know, hit, hit the ground on the, on the same two feet, if you know what I mean. Because um, it's very much like every, every game that we commentate, we do commentate as a pair together, like every single one of them, which is weird thinking about it, but we have a lot of synergy, we, we enjoy it a lot together, and we have a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, 
What, what he's not telling you is they're actually twins, just to ramp up oh, the yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, really? in there. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's incredible. We are twin brothers, indeed, and I forgot to say it because I'm kind of just used to... <laughs> I explain it so often on, 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 to so many different people that I kind of just forget that that is common knowledge. That's pretty cool, man. I thought, so you guys started this journey together, and now it's like... It's really cool. Um, we, we actually started off as players. Um, we, we used to be competitive Mortal Kombat players back in like 2011, which is when we started with competitive gaming generally was uh, Mortal Kombat 9, uh, which came out in 2011 as we were at university. We started off as competitors and yeah, I, I think it's kind of like the classic story really, you know, started at tournaments, met people, became a part of a community, um, you know, kind of slowly but surely went up from there and as esports got bigger so did esports within the fighting game community um and that's kind of how we've kind of ended up where we are now about six seven ish years later okay that's that's actually really cool <laughs> so <clears throat> you guys started together that's cool right, that you guys had that like journey together as brothers um, it's, it's been great man and it's, it's it's something that we we want to make sure that we don't take for granted as such because we, we understand it's not like it's it's not easy to kind of go down that route, especially together. And uh, at some point, you know, we, we have those conversations started of you know, at some point maybe we have to sort of separate, go down different areas. But it just hasn't worked out that way, and we're really, really grateful for that. As you know, we at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're brothers, we're best friends, and we're co-workers. Kind of everything ticks the boxes. Okay. Awesome. All right. So I'm gonna get your name right this time. Oh, you can do it, dude, I believe. I believe part of the cards. Um, yeah. Uh, can win. Bam. Ah, oh, got it. In the, in the hole. Um, yeah, so my, my job title is League Operations Associate. I uh, I used to cast a fair amount back in the, uh, the dark days. I was a Dota guy primarily, but I did do several games. Um, but yeah, my full-time job at ESL involves running tournaments, uh, working on the infrastructure behind the scenes, building shows, and occasionally get to fly around the world to big, big league events, uh, mainly in Europe. Um, I have, I guess, more of a background in card games, which is why they brought me on for this. Uh, they really struggled to find people within the European Union who could commentate on this game, uh, especially on the budget we had, I'm told. So I was asked on pretty short notice to come in, um, and I'm, I'm glad. It was fun. It's a bit of a change of pace to what I usually do. And, yeah, it was a, it was a good experience so far. So, okay, so you kind of did that. They were like, hey, man, can you come in and uh, do the show? And you were the, and you were the down guy. That's pretty awesome. And, you know, I think that's cool for people to know that you were kind of like a last, like you did the last minutes. So, yeah. so I guess my next question is, what is your experience with the Elder Scrolls Legends? Like, I know you meant. I know when we spoke the other night, you mentioned you played a little bit. You played in the closed beta, was it? Uh, no, I've been playing uh, since the Skyrim expansion hit, oh, okay, which yeah. was 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 May, right? So, um, yes. yeah, uh, I don't have extensive experience, um, but you know, I, I feel like I'm starting to get a handle on things. I know I, I certainly made a few entertaining <laughs> gaffes on the stream, which I'm going to say are intentional. You know, that was just for the uh, just for the, the fans. Right. Get a rise out of them, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was doing. Um, people are paying attention, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, old, uh, that old test. Um, but uh, aside from that, yeah, I've uh, I've got about thirty hours logged on Steam, and I play I play on my phone occasionally too. So uh, I'm starting to to get past the beginner thing. I also have uh, I played Hearthstone pretty extensively 
in its beta phase, and I've played Gwent for several hundred hours. So, I, you know, this is the only online. Uh, uh, what do they call them now? Gwent school card games, I guess. Yeah, CCGs. Yeah. Um, uh, that I that I play and have played in the past. Okay. So I, I, and Mustard, is your experience similar with the Elder uh, Legends? I um, I think it's um, it, it's definitely no secret that I'm I don't have a huge history with with card games generally. Um, Elder Scrolls Legends is definitely the first time that I have looked into a card game like, on a competitive level because you know b- being being part of the team here at ESL, obviously a, a big thing for the studio here is Hearthstone, being that it's part of the ESL prem and has been for so long, and it's quite a staple thing. And being part of the team, I've, I've, I've helped with those shows to a degree sometimes. Like I did social media for a whole season of it. Um, obviously, I work with the commentators on the game, you know, Gaskin and, and Lunchables. Um, so I, I learned a lot about competitive guard games through them, from watching them work on Hearthstone and other sort of, you know, such, such things. Um, but this was the first time that I myself had actually looked into competitive card games and basically how, how to commentate it, right? Um, because it's very different to the kind of games that I normally work with, um, normally being fighting games specifically, and even you know Quake Champions being the, the second big one. Um, they're very much, they're very fast, they're very non-stop, it's very play-by-play heavy, it's very high adrenaline, right, almost like non-stop. And then card games are such a diverse change from that, that it's very, it's very, you know, very casual, very calm, very analytical, almost like a running conversation. Um, and this was the first time that I looked into a card game like this, but I had a lot, I really did have a lot of fun learning as much as I could about it because um, obviously I, I do not have a vast amount of knowledge on it. I think that much is, is definitely uncontested and <laughs> very much obvious. Um, and uh, obviously, I much you know, like like Kenwin said, I, I have no doubt there were a large amount of errors on my part in terms of you know talking about potential plays by what they had in their hands and what was on the board and stuff like. That. Um, but we are looking to, you know, it, it, it's, it's an ongoing thing for us, right, that uh, I suppose as, as the shows come on through the next couple of months that, you know, uh, as far as I'm aware, there's, there's already, you know, talks of, of community people coming on board for the, the future cups and stuff like that to bring more of a, I suppose, that, that absolute knowledge down. So it's more of an exchange between. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. That would be actually outstanding. Uh, actually, throw some uh, community, uh, other community members in there. I think that would definitely aid in it. That's pretty cool. But I know there are discussions. We'll just get to let, let people let, let the people know that yes, there are back talks going on. I think some people have been kind of worried that not much was going in on this. So that's nice to kind of ease that that worry. Oh, that's cool. So. So, like, what else do you, what, so, like, I guess I'll toss this one to uh, Ken Wynn first. What's a normal day at ESL headquarters look like for you? Uh, so, we work for the ESL UK. We're not, the headquarters, the company headquarters oh. are in Germany, just Sorry. yet. Okay, okay. It's, it's, it's like, it's totally like a Clara Clara, but I feel like we should clarify it. Um, so, it, it depends entirely whether there's a show that day or a big event coming up in the near future, like, uh, at the moment, we're in a relatively quiet period. I have uh, one broadcast a week for the next couple of weeks. Um, and that, that's about it. So, you know, it's, it looks very much like any other sort of office job. I come in, I sit at my desk, I look at a lot of spreadsheets um, and manage a lot of Skype groups and Discord servers. 
to make sure tournaments run on time. Uh, I work on rule books for upcoming tournaments, etc. That sort of thing. It's nothing like a revolutionary. It gets mad during show weeks. I'm heading off to um, Hamburg next week to work on uh, the SO on Hamburg show, which is a big Dota 2 championship with $3 million in the prize pool. Uh, if, you, if you watch the stream, you might see me uh, somewhere standing behind some players, so I'll be the ginger beardy one. Um, but yeah, so and then those weeks are very different, of course. Uh, early call times have been called as early as half five for a show before. Uh, that's oh. not particularly fun. Uh, and then it's it's long days at the venue, uh, basically looking after players and making sure they don't suffer any technical issues during the course of play and making sure the tournament's played to the highest standard of integrity. So yeah, that's generally the split of my work, either office-based and not that out there, or at an event and really, really out there. Okay. So no crazy, like, hoverboards or anything like that, man? Uh, uh, no, we, we are on a, uh, a, relatively, a relatively quiet industrial estate in Leicester. It's not, not particularly, um, particularly grand surroundings. Uh, we occasionally open a studio. Yeah, when there's, like, hoverboard esports. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean... We did we did race we did drone racing esports recently for the first time. Oh, true, so, yeah, that's true. Drone, what kind of esports? Drone racing esports, VR drone racing simulators, dude. It's the future, I hear. Um, hard. All right. So yeah, there's, there's you know there's definitely some stuff that's pretty out there. Our studio has a uh, the flashiest thing. Our, our main studio has a, a a very large video wall, which the exact dimensions of which are escaping me. But it's uh, it costs the company over a million. Uh, British pounds to acquire, so that's that's the cool bit, I guess. It's the the, the techie, exciting. It gives us uh, a lot of creative potential, right? On shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the studio has a lot of uh, a lot of cool things going on to it. Like the the, the general team is quite creative. So um, we've got a you know, a guy that does graphics full time, and he basically does a lot of the uh, all the overlays you see, the animations, the transitions, um, all all that kind of stuff, and everyone kind of works together on the shows to make it happen. So if you were to watch a broadcast from the ESO UK studio, um, anything you see on the screen or it, anything done production-wise is all being done by a designated member of staff, which I think it means a lot because the shows themselves can get quite high quality because obviously the, the, the team is getting better and better as we work on more and more shows together. Um, but it's, it's, it's a really fun environment to work on. I suppose um, a, a day-to-day thing, commentary-wise, is kind of... Uh, depends really on what's going on at the time so if we're working with a game that has a show a big part of that is you know look into you know what's going on with that game currently you know sort of look into key players or key moments that might have happened competitively within the community or the scene um, learn the learn the game you're working on as much as possible but a, a lot of that comes down to you know sort of just general studying right watching twitch streams or youtube videos or you know podcasts you know much like yourself really i suppose you know Look, look up as much as possible to, to, to have as much to talk about really but if there's no shows going on as such we do a lot of um, I suppose content creation so a lot of interviews a lot of uh, video content so like you know top plays from any show that might have been that week highlight reels um, roundups of competitions stuff like that and uh, a few other bits here and there so I think the workflow does change dramatically depending on what we're actually working with at the time but there's always something to do That's very interesting to me. That's cool you mixed it up there. So, I guess my question, next question would be, and let me know if you're able to answer this. <laughs> well, like, I know there's some things you just can't say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
Any, like, updates? I guess a lot of people are questioning the format. You, I know you said you mentioned uh, a little bit of Hearthstone and some wood. Your thoughts on the current format, that seemed to have been the, uh, the major complaint there. Yeah. Formats. I, I mean, if, if anyone uh, watched the show for the finals, they'll see that I was quite confused by it myself. Um, this hasn't been a tournament I'm involved in on, from like an organizational point of view, uh, unfortunately. Um, as to whether it's going to change in the future, I, I can't say anything concrete. Um, but the, 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 the chap who's made this possible was actually out of the office today. It's something I wanted to raise. Um, and we'll hopefully do so by the end of the week, and we'll look into changing it at some point in the future. I can't give anything more concrete than that. Yeah, cool, cool. Fair enough. I think that's pretty good information for everyone who's wondering. So I guess moving on to my next question is, <clears throat> your thoughts on, I guess, the Elder Scrolls Legends. I mean, I mean, I guess you haven't played too much, right? Instance, but I guess the question would be, End goal for, uh, how do I put this? Okay, so I'm going to phrase this like, what tournament format would you prefer it? And you say it had Hearthstone and Gwent, have you seen their things? You yeah, no. Elder Legends could adapt, like, the Gwent Pro Ladder kind of style? Almost like um, that. I mean, I feel like the Gwent Pro Ladder is, is trying to achieve something quite different to what, uh, go for the Elder Scrolls Legends is, uh, trying to achieve um, in, in both in scale and like in, in the amount of and like where it's coming from you know the Go for, Go for Elder Scrolls is, a, is an ESL tournament it's separate a separate entity whereas the ProLad is built into the game right and the ProLad is being used by the publishers to qualify players directly to their big live events um, I feel like more immediate changes might be looking at moving away from single elimination best of three slash five to something I, I mean I, I am I've advocated Swiss and Double Elim in our national championship Hearthstone League um, because I feel, you know, card games have natural variants and it is the job, is our job as tournament organisers to limit that variance as much as we can and giving players more opportunities to display their skill, more opportunities to draw their deck, you know, is um, part of that. And also, uh, I like having a band format involved in tournaments because it, it gives another another way for players to, like, raise the skill cap to, um, you know, to, to influence play. Uh, which they don't have under the current format. So yeah, but those these are all things I'd, I'd like to change. Yeah, that makes sense. That's actually pretty. I think that's a pretty excellent idea. All right, so mixing up the formats. There. I've always been kind of a fan of I guess the more last year standing where the winner stays with their deck. Uh, a change. I feel like the argument I, I have heard arguments for both Arthuristani and Conquest that suggest that the format is awful and should never be run again um, so I'm always very sceptical of like getting involved in that, like for Hearthstone we run Conquest because that is the format that Blizzard uses most of its tournaments and that is the main reason we run it I I think both are open to abuse especially depending on the meta, right, if there's one overpowering deck, if you run Standing. Um, and both players have brought that overpowering deck. It it can become a little. It, it becomes a bit dull, you know. You, you, you're watching a best of five series, but there's only one matchup that's of huge importance. Of course, that's balanced problem with the game that most games, including Elder Scrolls, don't have for a long time. Um, but yeah, like uh, I, I feel like arguing over whether it should be run in Lost Heroes Standing and Conquest is something that 
people shouldn't dwell on. It's not the most important factor of, uh, of, of, of a game's competitive nature, at least in my opinion. Very solid point. What do you think, okay, so I guess if you guys, my question for you guys is marketing. How, were you, I'm not sure how much of it you were aware of, but how do you feel like the weeklies and monthlies are marketed to Do you think they're adequate? Would you like to see changes? Or it's not, yeah, it's not a part of the, uh, of the, of the deal that I'm particularly involved in, so I wouldn't want to comment. Yeah, unfortunately okay. when it comes to anything, um, I suppose, back-end, uh, organizational, or stuff like that, right? I mean, when you talk about marketing and PR, that becomes different kind of departments entirely. Um, and unfortunately, that, that really isn't something that I think you know, really either of us here have been involved in. So unfortunately, there isn't really anything we can input as far as that's concerned. Totally. Makes sense to me. So, okay, that makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, all right. So I guess our next step would be to look at, um, so what do you, I mean, let's see, I guess regarding the casting, what would you, if you could uh, frame this question, if you could pick, how about this, I guess the most important thing would be, how do you feel, like, how would you want to learn, like, the game further, if you could pick a way? I think what what I would love to see is, um, I suppose. I mean, it, 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 in my my kind of perfect, my kind of like you know ideal perfect scenario in my mind when it comes to a casting desk for these go fours or you know, the, the go for finals is, um, in my mind, this is the sort of uh, something I, I I personally feel really comfortable seeing is myself as like the the desk host, I suppose, as it works. I know a lot of times if there's like a tricast with card games, there is a host style role, which you know for this show, Ketchup was the one that adopted that, who doesn't really have the most in-depth game knowledge, but has commentary fundamentals, knows how to carry the flow of a conversation between people, um, you know, linking, you know, throwing to breaks, accepting from breaks, you know, addressing people on the desk in a certain way, and I suppose transitioning the show from one point to the next. I would love to be that guy, have Kenwin on commentary as we had before, and then have a you know a designated like community guy, you know, right? That that really knows his stuff, that really lives and breathes that game. So you have that that sort of three man setup, right? So you've got the two knowledge tanks providing the commentary when it comes to the actual matches themselves that really know what they're talking about, and then I'd be that sort of desk host role that with the fundamentals of commentary to carry the flow of the show to link from one piece to the next and to do all, all the general, you know, camera shindigs, right? Okay, cool. And I, I think, think being, that... I, I think, I think being that role, you know, being that guy sitting there on the desk and obviously listening to the commentary, that's a perfect and really good way to learn the game itself is literally just, just watch and learn, right? Listen and learn, keep the ears open, listen to what's being pointed out, watch the game, you know, soak up as much knowledge as possible in that kind of environment. That's what I'd love to see. Okay, I think that's a great idea. Getting some more of the community members involved with these casts. This is like our official tournament. I agree with that. Like, I, I know they that's what they express some interest. In fact, we have some questions. So I think I did want to make this a little more interactive, community-wise. So let's sure. see. The Adventures of Dust, are they looking for UK Tesla streamers to bring on as guests? Well, I guess that question has been... 
interested? You've ever been interested? As far as I'm aware, um, being UK based is is very important in terms of bringing anyone on for the show. I mean, obviously, I, I don't want to say too much. It's I'm not, I'm not in charge of budgets. I'm not in charge of who gets brought on for it. Again, that that is there was a lot of different moving parts that you don't necessarily see on the camera, and there are a lot of people involved in different ways. Um, so I'm I, I feel like it's not really my place to confirm nor deconfirm anything. But as far as I'm aware, and I think it's it's very fair for me to say that being UK based for these shows is very important because of a, a few different reasons. Yeah. Excuse me, sorry. But I would be very interested in a uh, talk about this. Uh, yeah, just like phone it, no, not really. VoIP call, kind of like we're doing now would be fantastic if kind of just like phone in community members that people know i think that'd be a nice way to spice oh, it up so, you, so you're saying like you know um have almost like phone-ins to the show during you know while it's live you know sort of it took talking to community members from home on the show itself yeah I thought that'd be pretty. Yeah, I thought that'd be pretty yeah, cool. I, 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 I personally really like the sound of that, and I I, I know that's been done before. Um, I can't remember exactly when it was, but that, I've, I've definitely seen that before before for a few different games, especially in a, yeah, more of a, a weekly setting. You know, when, when it's done from a smaller studio, when it's something a bit a bit more of a controlled environment like that. Um, even things like play interviews, right? Being able to talk to the people that just want to set or just lost or anything like that. I've, I've always been a big fan of that because it adds a little bit more interactivity to the broadcast and a bit more personality, especially if you're trying to build the build, build that profile, right? Build that character of the players. That's a really good way of doing it. Well, I agree 100. percent You know, like, I think it'd be it'd be fun to you know like, and we just kind of pull out you know one of streaming like CBH, myself, Maxie, man, anyone, and it kind of just give a breakdown of what they thought of the game, maybe their thoughts, opinions on maybe a play or just a deck type, maybe just give a bit of a trivia or something. I think it'd be, I think maybe a way to mix it up. Well, well, keep in mind, especially like, even, even, even as much as it sucks for me to have to turn around and say, you know, unfortunately that there's nothing I can do about X, Y, Z, or, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not something I'm involved with the decisions of. That doesn't mean we don't know the people who do. So if you guys do have concerns or, you know, uh, requests or um, ideas like that, then obviously feel free to, you know, check us a tweet on Twitter. Um, my handle is just PND Mustard, and I believe Ken wins is the same as obviously his name. Yeah. Maybe it's just PND Mustard. Ken win. Yeah. Obviously, like, um, we, 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 we are able to take that kind of feedback on board and make sure it gets to where it needs to go. So if you do want any requests or anything like that, feel free to check it over to us and we'll do what we can to make sure it gets to the right person. Cool, exactly. And also, I know ESL, they have their, um, they have like a feedback form, actually. Uh, it's sitting near the tournament page where you can kind of submit a ticket and let them know your thoughts and opinions. And they are reading that feedback. Uh, I can't say too much, but they're reading the feedback and they're just interested on, you know, hearing the community out and making it more satisfactory. I'll have to keep that in mind as well. Alright, so I think we're well, talking about casting, guys. So we get, well, since we're, since I think we filled all the questions now, I guess we'll go back to just general casting. What do you feel the hardest part of casting is? Any game? Not just necessarily a card game or other school of legends. For me, personally, it's the sheer like amount of knowledge you need to have 
because so I, I found that because um, I've been playing the game for about a month personally, um, about a month and a half at this point, I suppose. And I feel like I'm, I'm at a point that I can see what's in someone's hand. I can see how much magic they've got. I can see what's going on, on the board itself. And I can make a read on what they're likely to do or potential plays they have. What I find quite difficult is the cards that you don't see, knowing what's, you know, trying to assume what's in the deck. What are they looking for? You know, how many of a certain card have they got? You know, and then you know, the highest level players are looking at calculating the odds of, you know, if, if I draw here, I might get this, which will open up X, Y, Z. And then knowing what's in your opponent's deck, what you can't see, what haven't they drawn, what is currently out of play. And it's just that sheer level of like, almost like a chess, right? You, you need to know so many moves in advance. That's something that completely throws me off <laughs> when it comes to like uh, any any of the games I've worked on in the past. And I find it fascinating, but it's it's definitely probably the most difficult thing for me personally. Okay. And on the other end? Yeah, for me, um, I don't cast a huge amount, but it is just, it's just the, the burden of knowledge to use the, the buzzwordy way of putting it. Um, like when I cast Dota, it's a game I've played for ten plus years, um, and I just know intrinsically, right? And I don't have that with the Elder Scrolls yet, uh, and I'm—I'd love to get to the point where I do, uh, but it's yeah, it's something that will take time, and uh, we have been pretty busy as a company recently, and finding that time has been—it's uh, been difficult for me. A big um, for sure, yeah. Yeah, so you know, uh, well, I, I think for comparison. Um, the, the, the company in the UK, we, we just finished EGX, which is Eurogamer, which is the biggest um, electronics sort of trade show in the country. And this was our biggest event as a company to date, uh, which was put there, which, you know, Kenwin and a lot of other staff members were a big part for the whole time. But during the during the, the learning process of Elder Scrolls Legends, um, Ketchup and I were, we were doing uh, the Quake, we were doing the Quake World Championships at QuakeCon. Um, we were doing... Uh, DreamHack qualifiers for Quake in Sweden. We were flying to Sweden once a week for three weeks. Uh, and in between that, we also had the Injustice 2 Pro Series World Finals in Los Angeles, which was a huge event that was on ESPN. And we were on TV for that for a few hours. Because it was basically the big World Finals. You know, Warner Brothers put a lot into it. NetherRealm, the developers themselves of the game were there. And because it was a World Finals, obviously there was, there was a lot of pressure and a lot of emphasis put on that event. So, uh, unfortunately, it wasn't really a case of, you know, have, have a certain amount of time to learn as much as possible, because during that time, we're still working, you know, we're still working the job, we're still flying around for all these major events, and it was a case of try and get as much time in as physically possible in between all that, whereas in between the first and second broadcast, obviously, it's, for us, things are a lot more calm now, so it should be a, a, much, a much better experience this time around, I hope. Very cool. I think yeah, I think you know practice makes perfect, right? In these kind of situations, I definitely think kind of as you just as you just develop more, I mean, it's just growing yeah. games, right? Especially because I know it's you guys are playing. So do you guys get confused a lot? Like I'm saying, like since you you mentioned you cast multiple types of games, like do you ever like accidentally say like reuse Hadouken and like when you're casting like you got a card game or something? Or um, I I think sometimes it might be like general terminology as opposed to like specific move names so like for, for something like Mortal Kombat or Injustice like a, a big thing in fighting games is frame data like I, I could tell you hundreds of different numbers of you know what let's let's say what Scorpion's frame data is in MKX and Mortal Kombat X I could literally 
lecture you for hours on, on what those numbers mean and how important it is. But that doesn't mean I'd, I'd accidentally spill those numbers into Tekken or a different fighting game. But general terminology, like general lingo and, and buzzwords, I suppose, for the games, might spill into other ones. Um, like, you know, if, for example, in, in Quake, if two players are kind of like, you know, dancing back and forth at a certain range, trying to dodge rails from each other, I might say, oh, they're, they're, they're doing something in the neutral, which is a fighting game term, which I might accidentally just slip out, or, you know, bodied and generic terms. Like yeah, bodied and done. Yeah. yeah, but I, I don't think that's necessarily too bad. I think it almost adds character to a degree, but it's definitely something that can be hard to avoid in certain situations, especially if it starts getting exciting. Oh, yeah, so do you guys find yourself shouting a lot? And yeah, what's your, I guess, to kind of I'll combo two questions. Do you find yourself maybe shouting a lot? And what's your favorite uh, genre of game to cast? Uh, for me personally, I get 100% fighting games will always be my favorite kind of competitive game because that is that is where I come from. Yeah, that that is my my kind of origins that's that's where i felt feel the most comfortable it's where i started and it's where i do the most now um but that's because you know the fighting game community does mean a lot to me it's something that i've been a part of for a long time like as long as i've been involved in competitive games it's i've been a part of that community and it's been it's it's a big family feel right um you you know you you talk to people for long enough and you're always into the same thing for for so long you know as those years begin to add up and you see the the scene and the community grow you you become genuinely a part of that. Um, but yes, you do 100% get hype. You get very excited and you start to shout <laughs> if, you, if, if cool things start happening in, uh, in, in the games that you're, you're super interested in. You know, the, the, the way that I assume you know, you'll see a really cool turn in, in Elder Scrolls and see someone make a crazy comeback or something and you'll get like super excited because of it, because, because it, it means bumps, a lot yeah. to you, because you're very personally invested in that. Uh, and that's, that's something that I really like seeing, you know, no matter what, eSport I'm watching, no matter what game it is, seeing that from community to community, especially when you do a lot of live events and you see that kind of stuff in person, it really is just something that you have to experience. Very cool. Yeah. Um, on my end, because I don't cast as much, I, I genuinely enjoy pretty much any chance I get to talk on, you know, to, not to talk on cameras, long word, talk um, about, about a game. It's, it's something I did a lot at university with like real sport, I, real sport. That sounds like I'm saying sports is worse, which is not my intention. Um, with uh, with physical sport, I used to commentate on the uh, the local football team, by which I mean soccer. Uh, uh, on the radio, I commentated a boxing a series of boxing matches in front of a crowd of several thousands, and had my voice surprisingly broadcast outdoors a festival stage at the same time, which took me very much off guard. But um, you know, I, I just, I do enjoy the, it is a real change of pace for me. So honestly, the, the answer to that question is any game that will have me, um, which I guess actually sounds quite keen, but yeah. I like it. I think you that'll have me. I like that a lot. All right. that have me. That's nice. So, so I know this is, this is kind of piggybacking off that one more time. So I know I asked you which kind of game to cast, but... It's your favorite kind of game to play. Are they pretty much the same, or do you find yourself you prefer to play one genre and then cast another? I think a big part of it is um, I actually know very little commentators that only exclusively play the genre they commentate the most. 
I think that that can be quite a common misconception is that, you know, once, once you specialize in something commentary wise, that that's all you do. Um, I personally kind of, I've always seen myself having quite a diverse uh, taste in video games personally outside of work. Um, you know, I play a lot of Smite in my spare time. You know, Elder, Elder Scrolls Legends is something that I'm, I'm playing a lot in my own time as well because I'm really I'm, I'm terrible at it. Like I'm garbage at this game, <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, I, I do play a lot of fighting games in my own time, but I wouldn't say I do them exclusively. Like I said, Smite's a big thing. Um, I'm a big fan of anything co-op. I've got a lot of friends that I'll play with. You know, in, in the evenings after work, um, in like a you know that nice little community that we've built up for for a little while. Um, but I, I think that's kind of the, 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 the general answer, you know, most of the commentators that I know are the same, um, because at the end of the day, work or no work, we're all, we all love video games, you know, that, that's, that's what we're all here for, that's how we all got started, it's because we love playing video games, um, and I think working in esports full-time doesn't really change that, and I don't think it changes it for a lot of people, especially if you're freelance and you actually have more time, because you're not necessarily in, in an office and tied to something, so you've just got more time, but, uh, bit of a broad answer, but I think that tends to be the case for a lot of people. Yeah, I agree with that. I can totally get your comment from you just generally like esports itself. Alright, that's outstanding. That's good to know, and I think... Alright. I think we had another question from the field of from this. Oh, we have... Oh, we have two questions here. So, structuring this as interactive as we can, but the Axdorf does, how does someone look to get into casting? It's another one for you, Jake. Um, there are multiple ways to do so, I think. Um, a, a big thing is um, kind of don't be, a, don't be afraid to really, like, you know, pursue. Don't be afraid to really dedicate yourself to trying to find that first job for it because um, ultimately a big part of it is there needs to be a show for you to cast. There needs to be a tournament or some kind of thing for you to try commentating. Um, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't, be practicing. That means you shouldn't be, you know, doing doing stuff yourself. And I think I think a big way of doing that is streaming, YouTube content creation. Right. Put make make that content available of you talking over the game you want to commentate on the internet. Make that footage available because um, highlight reels are a thing. You know, uh, compilations and history of you of you talking over a video game you want to commentate. It is really important. And it also means that even if people aren't seeing it, it means you're getting used to it. It means you're getting comfortable. It means you're getting used to talking in front of a camera. It means you're used to educating an audience, right? Keeping them entertained with whatever it is you're talking about. Um, and I think once you've kind of got that down and you feel like you are ready to start commentating, it does differ depending on the game you're playing. So, for example, for something local, if there are a lot of lands for it, like, yeah, I guess the go-to example here is you know maybe fighting games, local fighting game tournaments, local events. Turn up, ask if you can get on the desk, ask if you can just sit down, you know, grab a mic and start talking, start commentating, start bantering with whoever it is that you're up there with. Um, but even if it's like you know a, di a different game that might have smaller lands, like I know um, CS:GO, oh, we were just at Epic Land over the weekend, and um, Epic Land is just it, it's a land in the UK. It's it's a, an event that takes place in a conference center in a small town and people just bring their computers and PCs and they just, you know, play games all weekend. But they do have their own competitions in esports there too. And uh, I actually met up with someone that um, we we did like a, a varsity games like university level, entry level commentary, almost like I suppose open day where we got a, a load of uni students that are interested in esports to come to the studio and 
we talked with them about you know basically how to do an esports show. There was people on cameras, people on commentary, people on you know the production, people on league ops, everything. And one of the guys that was there for commentary was just you know he just happened to be there. He was part of the esports society, and they came down to this open day. We helped him with commentary for a day or so. They did like a dummy show. We saw him at Epic Land because he'd he'd, he'd messaged Epic Land, the organisers, and said, "Hey guys, I'm looking to do commentary. I know this is a pretty low level, like you know, small time event, and I think it's you know a good entry level starting point." They said, "Yeah, all right, give it a go." He turned up, did a show, and now he's got commentary experience. So I think is make sure that you're looking for the right places. Make sure the footage is available of you commentating and talking, even if it's just streaming, even if it's YouTube, even if you're not getting viewers and no one's watching. Just make sure that that footage exists of you and push it to the right people. Oh, that, yeah. I like that. Uh, that's kind of how like I mean I'm still pretty mediocre at casting, right? Uh, I do the ESO weeklies uh, leading up to the monthly, and I kind of just I started off casting a small Monday tournament. Unfortunately, is no longer going on. We they kind of either lost our funding or they're they're a small esports organization. They're kind of just trying to build up. But essentially, what happened with them is, I mean, I'm getting sidetracked, but basically, they split That's over nice. multiple card games. But what I'm saying is, I basically started off. Yeah, just doing that small tournament every Monday, and then I uh, was making YouTube. Before that, I was doing, this is said, I was making YouTube videos, I was really getting to know the game, understanding all the concepts and all that. It's, it sounds like you've, you've, you've started that already, you know, and um, I, I, I did watch your, um, your ESL, uh, I believe it was, wasn't it week two and three of the qualifiers that you were able to stream, at least they were what I saw the archives from, where... You know, and, and you, you put in the grind, you know, they, they were long broadcasts and it was, you know, for, for a one-guy production, that's really impressive that you are able to dedicate for it for that long and, and stick to it, you know, and, and not lose any enthusiasm along the way. I think it's really important and that's kind of case in point what I'm talking about. That's that's the kind of example, even if, um, you know, even if you, you say, you know, if, if you describe yourself as mediocre, I don't think that. I, I think you're, you've, you've started off the right way and I think you're doing the right thing so far. Do appreciate you never know what will happen I mean it, it could be a snow it could be a slow grind it might take a while it might not you never know the important thing is is that you're constantly doing it exactly I think it's slowly getting there. I know I feel like I've, I've listened I know this is I don't know I think this is actually natural most people get that but I've watched my old cast and it's, I, it's important to do that absolutely everyone <laughs> I've been doing that, yeah. It's been a blast watching myself, but I've been doing it and learned quite a lot. And just things I need to improve on, things I'm doing pretty well, I think. But, yeah, definitely, just that kind of said, though, it's kind of funny that you went through that story, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I started off, yeah. Bingo. <laughs> So, but that, that, that's a good sign, you know, because that, that's not just me talking at my ass. That's a, a lot of people here, a lot of people in um, the UK that we work with on the freelance side or people that have managed to take it full time, you know, all the way from entry level, just started to, you know, not earning much per show to guys that do it full time. And it's literally their job to do it. And it's all they'll ever need to do. You know, it's one thing that's one thing that combines all of those people is content creation and regular practice and regular video, you know, regular proof of it existing. It's super important. Absolutely. All right. 
Actually, another question. Oh, one. But before we move on, one, one, one thing. Actually, well, I, I always forget to say, but it is important. Don't be afraid to invest in a good microphone. Yeah, that was good. Because if, if if that footage out there is of crisp, <laughs> clean, perfect voice, that's that. You'd be surprised how important that can be. For sure, man. I know for a fact. Yeah, like that was one of the big things when I first started out was my mic, getting my mic settings to be good. Like, that actually is key. Actually, a mic is everything. For a while, I sounded like I was like, in a submarine. Uh, but people definitely notice the quality and will comment on it, and they tell me, yeah, we like this much more. So well, the thing is, right, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be extortionately expensive. You know, it, it, it could be like a nice podcast mic with a pop filter, or it can be a headset mic that you know, just, just has a nice quality microphone on it. As long as it doesn't sound like you're talking into a laptop through, you know, however much depths of water in a bathtub, then you're right. Exactly. <laughs> so make sure clean. I also look into filters if anyone's interested in getting casting. Uh, I know OBS is what I use to stream and kind of show my content. Um, definitely look into the filters available as they can improve the quality right now. It's, it's kind of it's gonna be kind of funny because on this OBS call I'll probably sound pretty choppy and even some fuzzy, but through the stream with OBS after all the crazy filters, I probably sound pretty crystal clear. <laughs> so I would definitely say study those, like study a mic and then study like the plugins that go along with that. As in, people notice quality and they will comment it on it, and it will definitely you know affect how everything goes. So, uh, any other comments, last thoughts on that? Um, nothing, really. That's kind right, of cool. everything, I think. Excellent. All right, well, let's go with... Uh, we have another question here by a viewer. Uh, has the fighting game caster ever been to EVO? Um, yes, actually. Um, Evo was, we first went in 2012 for Mortal Kombat 9, where I got top 32, which was, at, at the time, I was, I was really proud of that. I was really happy with it. Um, but we, we've been a bunch, we had 2012, 2015, 2016, 2017. So we've been the last three years in a row. Um, 2015, we were there. It was our, was our final year of competing. It was our final year of entering. Um, which was Mortal Kombat X's first year, and it had, I believe, 1,200 entrants was the final number. And actually, out of all of that, I, I still, I think I still got top, I may have got 33rd, but I got very close to top 32 again in the tournament with a lot more people in it. But Ketchup actually got fifth place. He got top eight that year, oh, um, which to this day is still the biggest NetherRealm fighting game tournament of all time in terms of entry number and, like, you know, I suppose talent there on the day um so that's always gonna be something that ketchup's gonna be super proud of because it was it was a big achievement that year you know getting top eight at evo is something that every kind of fine game competitor wants to do because it's it's a huge spectacle it's biggest stage you'll get of the year it's everyone's there for loads of different games um, but uh, the last two years we've been there for commentary. so um 2016 we were there for commentary for mortal Kombat x and we did a a lot of pools and we did top 16 and then at Evo this year for Injustice, we did, again, it was top 16, I think. And then we did top eight commentary to the audience because the way they did commentary this year was they had a pair for top eight that went out to Twitch on live stream. And then they had a pair that did top eight 
to the in-house crowd, which was a different style. Um, but it was like the big, the big live Evo crowd. Because Evo, for those for those watching that might not be aware, Evo is the fighting game world championships. It's the grassroots biggest fighting game tournament of the year. It's in Las Vegas every year without fail, and it's always the biggest and most exciting tournament you can go to. It's super good, and if you're into fighting games, I very much recommend you give it a look. You hear the passion there. So and, uh, it's 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 a good environment. It's kind of going off of that point you mentioned. You, tra- you, uh, you guys, you must travel a lot. You can cast through PSL and go to all these events. I think that- I've been in the air more than I've been on the ground this year. <laughs> That's a good problem. <laughs> but no, it's, it's it's like Kenwin said. You know, it's uh, if, if there's events going on and, and we get the opportunity to, or or we or we needed to work on those, we'll get set wherever it's necessary. Um, my myself was. Um, I've been with the company for just under two years now. And um, in those two years, I've been to America a lot, like more times than I can count. Um, usually West Coast, but it's been like Chicago. went to Canada for an event for Mortal Kombat. Uh, went to Brazil for a Smite event during the Olympics. That was really exciting. Um, all across Europe. Uh, Finland for a Clash Royale event. That was really cool. And um, a bunch of other various places. And I think, you know, uh, Kevin, if you, you yourself have been to some pretty cool places around. Yeah, no. Uh, I I try to keep track of the amount of prize money in the tournaments that I've I've participated in as like a administrator referee figure. I'm uh, I'm up. I'm heading up towards uh, five million now. So I mean, I've not seen any of that money, but it's it's good to know that you know if someone's keeping track somewhere, I'm doing quite well. But I mean, you, you've seen it. You've you've seen the checks exchange hands. You just you know. I've, I've put a few trophies on pedestals. You know, I've touched, I've touched the World Cup, but I've never. That's really unlucky, apparently, isn't it? That's probably not a good thing to brag about. Never mind. Forget I said anything. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome to travel. So you've been to America a few times. What's your favorite? Like, where in America was your favorite? Would you say? That's a tough question. Land of freedom and all that. <laughs> okay, I I think my personal favorite place I've been to was when we went to Chicago for Combo Breaker, which was a big fight game event. Um, but we were there because, um, well, to, obviously to, to commentate was the big one, but we, we stayed an extra couple of days because that's where NetherRealm Studios are based, as in the developers of Injustice and Mortal Kombat. Um, and because we've, 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 we've known a, a bunch of guys on the team for a, a while, and that was the only time we'd actually got the chance to go to Chicago, they hooked us up with like a studio tour and they showed us around the developer studio where they've got, like, a hall of, like, you know, a copy of every game they've ever worked on, all the original, like, you know, props they used to make the graphics on the first three Mortal Kombats back in the 90s, um, all the props from the movies and all their, like, you know, awards they've won at various things, and that was really cool. But we also got a chance to go to Galloping Ghost Arcade, which is, I believe, the biggest, like, retro arcade. I, th- I know it's at least in America, but I want to say it might even be like the world in terms of like largest single building with a collection of authentic arcade cabinets. Um, and it was just, if you're a fan of games, that is like a, a must visit location in your lifetime. Like Galloping Ghost Arcade in Chicago is actually incredible. Galloping Ghost Arcade, I would love to keep that. It's really cool, man. really cool. Um, but aside from that, we've been to Los Angeles a few times, which is always nice, especially in the summer. Vegas, I, I like going to Vegas, but I am really bad in Vegas heat. <laughs> like, <laughs> man's is not built to survive that kind of heat. 
Fair enough. I definitely get that. Vegas. That's pretty cool that you've been to all these places. Um, and kind of Video games are pretty good. Video games <laughs> are pretty cool for that. Video games have treating you well, huh? It's good. It, it, it's it's a really cool environment, but they, it's a testament to just how how big esports is getting, right? You know that there, there are shows all across the world, and oh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's only ever getting bigger and better, and there are only more opportunities opening up for everyone involved. You know, it, it really is a great industry to be a part of. You know, as a spectator, as a fan, as you know, an aspiring career, like it, it really is a great place to be. Okay, I still remember when the Dota tournament was first announced. That big Dota tournament, where I was shocked about. They're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, the prize pool was like, really? Huh. The, first, <laughs> the first international. Half the teams, uh, a lot of Chinese teams rejected the invitation because they didn't think it was legit. Like, they thought it was, you know, some scam. <laughs> Too much money, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, getting that email. Oh, well, uh, yeah, this is why. Like, come yeah. to Germany and play for a million dollars. And these guys... These guys have been playing for like top 50k. Oh, like, oh yeah, good, good joke, mate. Not not going there. I think it says a lot for how fast the uh, how fast esports are moving, though. That you know, you you wind the clocks back five six years, and it's million dollar tournament, and everyone's like, what? A million dollars? What the hell? <laughs> now we go million dollars, and they're like, oh, change. Right. Come back when it's twenty million, then we'll talk. Say passe. You know, I guess we can kind of bridge into esports as well, because the, the crazy thing to me, you know, watching the scene change in uh, esports in general is there are professional teams like I'm talking about organizations like the Seventy Sixers has partnered up with who was it Dignitas Gaming Dignitas yeah Dignitas and I'm like that's insane to me like you got like you know these rich billionaires oh, like these owners of NBA teams like now jumping into esports esports is becoming this this franchise thing and legal I mean, LCS is the real dude. deal. Yeah, yeah, it really is. We even like um, Rick Fox, the the NBA superstar, has a team called Echo Fox. You know, he just in his spare time, as as a very successful millionaire NBA star, was just like, I want to make yeah. an esports team. And there are a ton of esports team. There are a ton of NBA players involved in esports now. I think Shaq has a controlling share in a team. I can't yeah, remember which one it yeah, was. You're right. Yes. I think it's Energy. And yeah, all right, all right. yeah, NRG. That's right. It always sounds wrong to me, but that's just me having dodgy ears, I guess. It means um, it, it only yeah. means good things because it means that people are, you know, every year more and more people can legitimately refer to themselves as a pro gamer. I know the term pro gamer is thrown around in quotations a lot, a lot of the time, but you know, we are in an age that people of all ages, you know, starting out very young, are making life-changing salaries yeah. and and monthly wages by be good at video games, you know, marketing themselves, and that will only ever grow, you know, grow, sort of reach its roots out, I suppose, and, and mean to more people. Like, what was it? There was um, an Overwatch player, like a 17-year-old American Overwatch player, I think, recently signed with a team that's on the Overwatch League. And he's on, like, what was it, 150k a month or something crazy like that? And he's, like, 17. I think it's 150k a year, maybe. Oh, yeah, a year, not yeah. a month. I, I, meant I, think, think, I, I think a month is, like, NBA salaries, and we're not quite there yet. <laughs> so. 150k a year, you know, for a 17-year-old, that's pretty good at Overwatch. I think that's a good sign. That is a pretty penny. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it, more, it's more than I will ever make talking about video games. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, it, it, the whole, you know, pro gamer thing used to be kind of a meme and now it's like super legit. Like, yeah, I am a pro gamer. I... <laughs> 
it's becoming oh. less taboo. You know, it's becoming less weird to say, yeah, I, I play games for a living and it's a legitimate thing. You know, again, yeah. go back five years and say, I, I play, you know, let's League of Legends full time. And people will go, yeah, all right, sure, sure. And now you <laughs> say it, people aren't as surprised because it's almost an expectation to a degree now that if you're a certain skill level at a game, it's, are you pro? How much do you make? What team are you on? And they'll, they'll know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, to, to a point that has encouraged, like, almost, it's, at least in the UK, in my experience, it encourages this really negative attitude where I'm not doing that till I get paid, which is, I mean, it's cool that it exists to a point, but it's so backward given how I got the job I have now, how Jake, uh, how Mustard got the job he has now, how almost everyone who works in esports got here. We all did this stuff for free for years and years, and, you know, I, I still do some stuff for free on the side because I, I, I love this industry and I want it to succeed and that's the way it is at the moment though you know we just talked about all these NBA players spaffing millions of dollars into it so hopefully it will be changing really soon <laughs> he says optimistically well, um, I think a big part of that is being humble right is, is making yeah. sure that you know what the goals are you know what the potential can be to what it is you're trying to aim for but be realistic about how you get there yeah no, for sure. You just gotta. You can't expect to, you know, start event epic land that uh, that must have just mentioned. You know, it's 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 a tournament of around. It's the top prize is around seven hundred pounds, and you've got people who refuse to go to it to pay for their ticket because they want to be sponsored, and that's a very backwards attitude to hold. Um, that's for Counter Strike. You know, you need to you need to be willing to invest before you're going to reach that stage. Same as any industry, right? You have to invest your time and your money to succeed. You know, it's like buying that nice pair of football boots or that uh, better hockey stick as examples from the real, the, the physical sporting world. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Definitely. Or, you know, or your, your, your next pack of, of Elder Scrolls Legends cards, if, if you want to go that way. With <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go, yeah. Very vital, very vital. Get that next pack. <laughs> We're all just out here trying to get this next pack. Key. But I'd say, yeah, um, interesting, yeah. Is this weird to see it evolve from something that wasn't even taken very seriously to something that's taken super seriously? Yeah. Especially no, such a rapid turnaround, too. Like, it, it's yeah, not a slow process. If you told me five years back that I'd be doing this full-time, I would have told you to get lost very quickly, I think. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it is, it is... You know, whenever you have a hard day, at least whenever I have a hard day, I always sit, try and sit back and remember, oh, yeah, I'm pretty lucky to be where I am. Because, um, you know, it's not always easy, as much fun as it is. Absolutely. Oh, the next question, actually, I find fantastic. Uh, if you don't mind me kind of just segueing into that. Now, this one I think is cool. Uh, we can actually make this a bigger question, though. Do you think there's enough interest in... CCGs and a spectator interest in team value in CCG, given it's less flashy than a fighting game, a MOBA, or first-person shooter. Um, that's very interesting, and I guess I'll throw my opinion in there first. Uh, I've always thought CCGs were a little less marketable. I think the strategy genre in general uh, suffers from this. That they're not exact. They're even more niche. I think, you know, you got, like, Call of Duty, right? That's probably one of, like, a big shooter everyone's heard of. It's very appealing. I know a lot I know a lot of people play Call of Duty, you know, levels, and I think it's just, like, the 
barrier to entry skill cap is, I don't want to say lower in those games, because that's not really fair, but I'd say it's, well, one, I guess the team aspect in a FA fighting in a, a, a MOBA and a first-person shooter are very appealing to many people. I think the whole, I think team games, I think it's the League of Legends and Dota, the MOBAs, are always very interesting as you can play with your friends and there's more to enjoy. So when you watch, you get to see the, you know, something you relate to, right? Uh, well, CCG yeah. is, I think, is very, very niche. Like, I think it's the most, maybe, maybe the most niche, I think, of all the kind of genres there that I don't think CCGs are very appealing to the general public. Like, you can find a lot of people in an area who play a fighting game or an FPS a MOBA, or even a uh, driving game, honestly. Those is probably, I don't say it's too big of a scene for those, but I do know that it's just more niche in my opinion. But I'll hand this over to the other guys. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Oh, so you go ahead, Kevin. No, no, after you, mate. <laughs> Thank you very much, my friend. Um, I, I think card games are, I, I think they definitely are quite niche, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think, um, you know, on, on the subject of you, you can go to a, you know, you can go to a, a Comic Con or a convention, and you know, within a few seconds, find someone that plays Street Fighter or Call of Duty or League of Legends or something. It might take you a little longer to find someone that plays a card game, but when you do find them, you will be able to talk to them for a long time about that card game, um, because I think that the I think the average knowledge level for a card game viewer is a lot higher than the average viewer for a lot of other genres. Um, I think because it kind of is required, right? Like if, if you're just flicking through Twitch and you're looking for a stream to watch, you might be able to just, you know, chuck on, you know, some tournament and watch people on Tekken, you know, beat each other up and watch some life bars go down or you watch Counter-Strike and, you know, watch two teams shoot each other until one of them's dead kind of thing. Um, but to watch a card game requires a certain heart, like, extra layer of knowledge, I suppose, along that sort of initial face value. But again, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it me- it makes for quite an engaging chat. I think it means that the viewers themselves can quite easily get involved in it because they, are, they, they will understand what's going on. They will know what they're watching. They won't be confused. Um, I think that in itself has, has a place. I don't think competitive games is all about high-octane, adrenaline-pumping, super-speedy action. I think very calm and collected esports themselves can be a great way of um, enjoying esports as well. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing and it might not be as quote-unquote exciting, but it's definitely interesting and entertaining to those that know what they're watching. Yeah, I mean, I'd, when when you first about strategy games not being successful, I'd just point to the past and they have been successful, you know, in, in the past StarCraft was the, the headline eSport for many, many years um, and Warcraft 3 was a game that I was deeply invested in uh, even though it wasn't quite successful as StarCraft in its various forms and um, I, I think, you know, it's, it's right that it isn't quite as, as easy to jump into as that, I mean, that's the long and the short of it, right? Even even a game as complex as Dota can be easy to jump into because you can watch it and there can be pretty lights flashing on the screen and that's the reason, you know, game, games like the Elder Scrolls Legends and Hearthstone put in all the their, their flashier card effects, right? A way to try and draw the eye um, from the more casual audience. Um, but 
like I don't think I don't think it's a bad thing. Basically, I'm just agreeing with everyone else. Uh, yeah, but nothing, exactly. in, nothing interesting to add. That's just cause, just as the audience just as the audience is smaller doesn't mean that it has any right to you know have content and, and enjoy it. Um, so yeah, you know, I don't think people should have uh, like inferiority complexes, superiority complexes over status of their game, whether it's, you know, the best esport, the worst esport. We've got enough of that, you know, with people having a shit off over whether Dota or League is better or whether, you know, Counter-Strike or COD is better, whether Halo or COD is better. It's all juvenile and I don't think anyone should concern themselves with it. I think they should focus on the fact that it's great that all these different games exist and all these different opportunities to, uh, you know, to play them and to watch them at a high level exist because they didn't, you know, five years ago, ten years ago. Exactly. I agree with that. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's a summary. It's almost like, so yeah, your card game, your game may not have the you know, biggest appeal, but, you know, it's it has something, you know? Um, okay. I think, let me see if there's any more questions. We have gotten past the hour. We made it. Uh, so <laughs> I will allow a few more minutes uh, to for any questions or concerns anyone may have. Now's the time. I'll forever hold your peace. Well, but, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm good to hang around as long as you just too. I'm in no rush. All right, cool. Yeah. Got the morning off tomorrow. Hooray. I have to do something about that. Oh, wow. It is officially after midnight here, so, you know, extra extra AM stuff for us. Four minutes past the new day. Happy happy Wednesday for the future. Oh, yeah. Time zones are always so trippy. Yeah. Um, That's one thing that's really hard about traveling is trying to tell your body that it's time to go to bed. (laughs) <laughs> it's time to bed. Time to go to oh work. my god! Oh. When um, when we came back from Los Angeles about a month and a half, no, yeah, about, about when was it? It must have been like about about a month and a half ago now. I think it was the Injustice Finals in LA. Now I made the mistake of falling asleep on the flight home, which is a big no-no if you're trying to not get jet lagged. And I couldn't help it. And I fell asleep, and it took me like four days to correct my body clock to a nice normal English pattern again. Like, you're waking up and it's sunny outside. You're waking up and it's dark. And it's like, I'm in, like, the other side of the world. But my body doesn't think so. Your body yeah, no, disagree, yeah. You're getting hungry at random times of the day. and ugh. Jet lag is, is dreadful. There is, there's not really many ways around it. There is no way to avoid jet lag in esports. You must embrace it. <laughs> it's uh, a part of the growth. It becomes a part of your being. Yeah, so, you know, it's funny that you mentioned time zones, because, again, with this whole podcast thing, I think one of the craziest things that I took with to deal with is time zones. Uh, for instance, one podcast, I had a guy from, let's see, we had a guy from Korea, we had a guy from uh, from England. It was, so, as you can see... You just got to <laughs> find that mutual ground, right? What is a good time to be awake? <laughs> no one needs to sleep. That is what I said. <laughs> Sleep is sleep is weakness. That is that is a saying that I definitely shout at myself during the middle of the the third week of the events or whatever. When you know you just want to spend a nice day in bed, but there's there's a stage to be built or a computer. I'll to sleep be... when I'm dead. Exactly. <laughs> no, One day I'll pass, and I'll be able to uh, get all the sleep I ever wanted. And so, yeah. um, 
I am increasingly less certain that that is actually the case. I feel like esports actually last forever. I agree. Esports never die. So um, hopefully we all can be casting and podcasting and content creation to our old men. But all right. We'll be there. That, that cool eight-year-old hit that subscribe button. Hit smash that like button. <laughs> Yo, bro. <laughs> what hey, up, it's, it's the... Yeah, so Caster's coming at you from the retirement home. <laughs> this is the what, what podcast two thousand. Okay, guys. I but but before we call it a day, I have a question for the two of you. Okay. Oh boy. What would be the first? What would be the game that would be at the center of the first esports show from a retirement home? Tetris. Tetris. That's that's a that's a good point. Uh, uh, Tetris is you know it's like. It's got pretty uh, universal, universal appeal, but like, when is the first? When is, you, you got to think when the first generation in an esports home? In, in yeah. a, sorry, in an esports home, we can call it that. That's pretty. Cool. Yeah, esports. Oh, geez, esports yeah. home. That's exciting. Yeah, one of the first. One of the first people who are of the uh, like, the age in which they'll be interested in it. I mean, it will be around have, fifty years from this point. I'd yeah, say. It'll, be, it'll be if people of our generation or the generation just before ours. It'll be Minecraft. Someone. Yeah, someone of the middle tw- in my mid twenties. It'll be Minecraft um, esports. Will it? <laughs> Minecraft will be that innocent game that when we're all senile, we'll be able to remember. I know, I know Minecraft. Minecraft. I'll oh, be yes. competitive at that. No. Um, yeah, Minecraft probably isn't the bad shout, but I'd say something that's big today will basically be that be that game. League of Legends is that going to be kicking still? <laughs> I mean, uh, who knows, right? Or, or, or a clone of League of Legends. There are enough of those around already. Um, yeah, that, that would be my answer. League or Counter-Strike or COD or a clone that is very similar to that that exists in, you know, 50 years when we're all old and boring. <laughs> old and boring. Long irrelevant. I mean, we're boring now. We'll just add the old bit. Wow. Come on, dude. I, I mean, yeah, I concur. Pretty lame. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the, trick, the trick is to sound interesting. You know, like I stream, I try to sound like I know what I'm talking about to an extent. Exactly. I don't. <laughs> All right. So let me just double check for any questions. I think we're good here. So I would like to say thank you to both the Ken Win. Wow, thanks. You got it. it. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. I'm actually incompetent. And (laughs) thank you uh, for joining me today on the cast. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks very much. And uh, hopefully we get to speak to you again sometime. Yeah. Absolutely. This has been a lot of fun, man. Uh, This was... This is awesome. So thank you again. And thank you to all the viewers who sat by all... Let's see, we're at round, how many viewers? Uh, all 160 60 of you for sticking around and listening to us ramble and watching my subpar gameplay while I rambled, so that's really cool of you. I'm glad I wasn't the only one who was grinding louder while, while playing. <laughs> yeah, I figured since I don't really have like, a splash screen or anything like that, I figured... Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed you imagined that many coherent questions while, uh, <laughs> while also right. playing. I seem to a higher level than I was, so... Absolutely. Oh, I totally missed Cowboy. Yeah, to, to comment, Rockstar Cowboy in the chat before we go has said uh, people still play chess. Chess doesn't have the problem of, uh, of antiquated systems forcing it to be basically unplayable. 
you know, who knows if in on Windows 2080, if uh, League of Legends will run or COD or CS, etc. Think of all that, the that games, games that will no longer run when we're old. Yeah, I mean, think of all the games that will no longer no longer run now. Remember Battle for Middle Earth? That was a great game. Doesn't work now. Oh, it's very sad. Infinite Crisis. Yeah, weep, weep for the dying games of our youth. It's mythology. Yeah. No, no, no. They, they did remaster that. So I heard it was terrible. The Steam version. They had like, they yeah. did, like it was a shame because they added China and it was supposed to be super cool and they the botched it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> feels bad, man. Yeah, feels bad, but also feels par for the course. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. Again, thank you yeah. for uh, the support, guys. Again, thanks to ESL Cast team for coming up. Thank you for all you know, sitting down and jamming with us for yeah. good, for the better part of an hour. And this has been the Elvish Lesson Podcast, episode twenty-one. We made it. Woo! Thank you. Have a great day. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.